Chapter Five of Grace Harlowe's Senior Year at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five. Nora becomes a prize suggester. The thing to do is to decide just what we want and then go ahead with it. Grace Harlowe energetically addressed her remarks to the members of the Phi Sigma Tau who had taken possession of the Harlowe's comfortable living room. It was Saturday afternoon, and a special meeting had been called with the object of discussing the best way to get money for the rebuilding of the gymnasium that the fire had completely destroyed, although the splendid efforts of the firemen had prevented the flames from extending to the main buildings, and the rain had completed their good work. Grace had allowed no grass to grow under her feet, but had gone to the root of the matter the day following the fire, and found that the school could expect no assistance from the city or the state that year. She had thereupon racked her usually fertile brain for money-making schemes, but so far had settled on nothing, so she had called in her friends, and the Phi Sigma Tau had been in council for the past half-hour without having advanced a single prolific idea. "'Think hard, girls,' begged Grace. "'We simply must do something that will make Oakdale sit up and take notice and incidentally spend their money.' "'We might give a play or a concert,' suggested Eva Allen. "'Not original enough to draw the crowd,' vetoed Nora O'Malley. "'Besides, the sophomore class has already begun to make plans for a play. "'While the other three classes are making plans, we ought to go ahead and astonish the natives. "'The early stunt catches the cash, you know,' concluded Nora slangily. "'Well, what would you suggest as a cash-catching stunt?' asked Anne. "'You are generally a prize suggester.' "'We might have a bazaar,' said Nora, after a moment's thought. "'With ever so many different booths, we could have a gypsy camp and tell fortunes, "'and we could have some Spanish dancers, no, lots of things. "'We could have it in the assembly hall and have tents with all these shows going on.' "'Oh, splendid!' cried Grace. "'And we could get the high school mandolin club for an orchestra. "'If we hurried, we could have it week after next on Thanksgiving night.' "'And we could have a mystery auction,' interposed Marion Barber eagerly. "'What on earth is a mystery auction?' inquired Nora and Jessica in a breath. "'Why, we write notes to everyone in Oakdale asking for some kind of contribution, "'anything from a jar of pickles to hand-painted china. "'Then all these things are tied up in packages and auctioned off to the highest bidder. "'There's a whole lot of money in it, for people often try to outbid each other, "'and the fun of the thing is that no one knows what he or she is bidding on.' "'Marion Barber!' exclaimed Grace. "'That's a positive inspiration. You clever, clever girl!' Oh, I don't think for a minute that I originated the idea, said Marian hastily. A cousin of mine wrote me about it last winter. They had a mystery auction at a bazaar that was held in the town she lives. Well, it's a brilliant idea, at any rate, and I can see us fairly coining money. Now we must all work with a will and put the affair through in fine style, responded Grace warmly. Oh, girls, the boys will be at home in time for it, exclaimed Jessica in rapture. "'Sure enough,' said Nora, "'and won't I make Kippy work? "'He'll lose pounds before his vacation is over. "'Grace, you must write and ask Tom Gray to come.' "'Now that the question of the bazaar was settled, "'the Phi Sigma Tau went to work with a will. "'The services of the majority of the seniors were enlisted, "'and notes were written to everyone in Oakdale "'who was likely to feel even a faint interest in the movement. "'Eva Allen's brother, who was an artist, made a number of attractive posters, "'and these were tacked up in public places, where they at once attracted attention. "'The Oakdale National Guard loaned tents and public-spirited merchants "'willingly loaned draperies, flags, banners, and in fact almost anything they were asked for.' 
As for donations, they fairly poured in, and the girls watched the growing collection with mingled rapture and despair. "'We'll have to sit up every night this week in order to get all these things wrapped,' sighed Grace on the Monday afternoon before Thanksgiving, as she stood resting after a spirited rehearsal of the dance that she and Miriam Nesbit were to do, and which was to be one of the features of the gypsy camp. "'And the decorating is only about half done, too,' she continued. "'Thank goodness school closed today. "'We'll just have to live here until Thursday and work, work, work.' "'Clear the way for progress on the fly,' sang out a voice behind them, "'and the group of startled girls turned to face a stout young man "'who charged into their midst with a hop, skip, and a jump. "'Hippy!' shrieked Nora in delight. "'And David and Reddy! And yes, Tom, too!' "'Oh, frabjous day, kaloo-kalay!' cried Hippy, shaking his hands all around. "'It seems ages since I saw you girls. How well you all look, only you're not looking at me. These other good-for-nothing fellows are getting all the attention.' "'Hello, Miriam,' he called to Miriam Nesbit, who ran eagerly across the floor to meet the newcomers. "'There's a prize package for you, too. It's outside the door, shaking the snow off its coat.' Miriam flushed and laughed a little, then hurried over to greet Arnold Evans, who had just entered the hall. "'Oh, boys, you don't know how good it seems to have you all here again,' said Grace, after the first greetings had been exchanged, as she beamed on the young men. "'You're just in time to go to work, too, with oodles of things to wrap for the mystery auction, and, Hippy, you must be auctioneer. You can do it to perfection.' "'Tell us all about this affair. I've received rather indefinite accounts of it in the exceedingly brief letters that I have been favoured with of late,' said Tom Gray, fixing a reproachful eye upon Grace." "'Please forgive me, Tom,' begged Grace, "'but really I've been so busy of late "'that I just had to cut my letters short. "'Come on around the hall with me, "'and I'll tell you about all the stunts we've planned. "'Come on, everybody,' she called, "'turning to the young people grouped about, "'and remember that I expect some original suggestions from you boys.' "'Around the hall they went, "'stopping before each tent while the girls explained its purpose. "'What's this to be?' asked Tom, "'as he stopped at one corner of the hall that was closely curtained. "'May I enter?' "'Mercy, no!' gasped Grace, catching him by the arm as he was about to move aside one of the heavy curtains. "'That's Eleanor Savelli's own particular corner. None of us know what is behind those curtains. You see, Eleanor hasn't spoken to any of us since last year. When we first talked about having this bazaar, we decided to make it a senior class affair. We didn't care to go to Eleanor and ask her to help, because she hasn't been nice to any of the Fee Sigma Tau. But we asked Miss Tebbs and Miss Kane, two of the teachers who are helping with this, to ask Eleanor to do something. You know she plays so well, both on the violin and piano.' Then, too, the greater part of her life has been spent abroad, so she surely must have lots of good ideas. When first Miss Tebbs asked her, she refused to have anything to do with it. Then she suddenly changed her mind and has been working like a beaver ever since. Miss Tebbs says her booth is beautiful. "'If I'm not mistaken, here she comes now,' said Tom suddenly. "'I never saw her but once before, yet hers is a face not easily forgotten.' "'Yes, it is she,' replied Grace. "'Let us walk on.' Eleanor Savelli, gowned in a tailored suit of blue and looking particularly beautiful, walked haughtily by and disappeared behind the heavy green curtain. "'She is certainly a stunning girl,' was Tom's low-voiced exclamation. "'But, oh, what a look she gave you, Grace!' "'Did she?' replied Grace, with an amused smile. "'That doesn't worry me. She has repeated that performance so often that I have grown used to it.' "'Look out for her just the same,' advised Tom. "'Where do we jollificate to-night?' asked Hippy, as Grace and Tom joined them again. 
"'Right here,' said Nora, with decision. "'No fudge, no hot chocolate, no cakes, nothing except work until this bazaar is over. "'Then we'll have a spread that will give you indigestion for a week. "'Do you solemnly promise to be good and not tease for anything to eat, "'but be a ready and willing little toiler?' "'I do,' said Hippy, holding up his right hand. "'Do you assure me that the spread you just mentioned is no myth?' "'I do,' said Nora. "'Also that the indigestion shall be equally realistic.' "'Lead me to it,' said Hippy. "'I swear in this hour that—' But Hippy never finished his speech, for Eleanor Savelli suddenly darted into the group with flashing eyes and set lips. "'How dared you meddle with my booth during my absence?' she cried, looking from one to the other of the astonished young people. "'And what have you done with my things?' There was a brief silence. Then Nora O'Malley spoke very coolly. "'Really, Miss Savelli, we haven't the remotest idea of what you're speaking.' "'You know perfectly well of what I am speaking,' retorted Eleanor. "'I might have expected as much, however.' "'I repeat,' said Nora firmly, "'that we do not know what you mean, "'and I am not used to having my word questioned. "'You will have to explain yourself "'if you expect to get a definite reply.' "'Very well,' replied Eleanor, with a toss of her head. "'Last night I spent a great deal of time "'in arranging the booth over which I have been asked to preside. "'On coming here today I find that everything has been rearranged, "'completely spoiling the effect I had obtained. "'You and your friends are the only ones who have been here this afternoon. "'It looks like a clear case of spite on your part.' "'During Eleanor's angry outburst the boys looked decidedly uncomfortable, "'then by common consent moved away a little. "'This was a matter that the girls alone could settle.' Then Miriam Nesbit stepped forward with all the dignity that she could summon to her aid. "'Miss Savelli,' she said quietly, "'it is absolutely childish and ridiculous for you to make the assertions you have. No one of us have the slightest curiosity as to either you or your arrangements. This is not the first time that you have publicly accused us of meddling. Now I want you to understand once and for all that this must cease. You should not jump at conclusions and then vent your anger upon innocent bystanders.' This much I will say as a matter of information, that we were not the only ones here this afternoon, as several of your particular friends spent some time in your booth, and I should advise that you call them to account and let us alone. Come on, girls, she said, turning to Grace and her friends. We mustn't waste any more time. With this, Miriam turned her back squarely upon Eleanor, and without giving her time to reply, walked to the other end of the hall. The girls were not slow in joining her, and in a moment Eleanor was left alone in the middle of the hall with the unpleasant realization that for once she had overshot the mark. End of chapter 5